Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light. This is your weekly laser and light therapy podcast. And my name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'll be your host again today. I'm a certified medical laser safety officer and chiropractor, and I've been doing laser for a very long time. And we're talking about carpal tunnel surgery today. We just spent some time a couple weeks ago talking about carpal tunnel syndrome, what it is, uh, what kind of symptoms present with it. And we're going to touch on that today, but for, for more information about carpal tunnel syndrome itself, go back a couple episodes before. There's a link in the show notes. You can see that. Today, we're really getting into carpal tunnel surgery. You know, if surgery is going to be ultimately where people end up, why not just do that first, right? Is it really the most simple, straightforward solution? This is a fair question. This is actually what I hear quite a bit. Um, You know, somebody comes in, they say, well, here's my symptoms. We say, all right, this is, you know, likely carpal tunnel symptoms. Um, they say, oh, well, I'll just get the surgery because I, I've heard that that works well and I don't want to have to come into the office, you know, you know, a few times a week for a few weeks. Uh, I'll just go get the surgery and have it over with. Is that really the best approach? You know, there are cases where that might be. But before I say a lot more, let me just remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Laser Therapy Institute. LTI is a network of advanced laser therapy practitioners who have the best equipment and the best training. If you want to look into laser therapy as a solution for a health challenge you are facing, I'd encourage you to check out our network of providers. You can go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. There is a map of clinics across the nation. You can check and see if there's someone near you. And if there's not, you can get a hold of us by emailing us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. and we'd be happy to help you look for finding a quality laser therapy provider near you. Okay, but back to the question at hand here. So, you know, is surgery really the most simple solution for carpal tunnel syndrome in particular? And really, this can apply to a lot of different conditions. Let's talk about even arthritis. An arthritic knee is the best solution to just go straight to a replacement surgery. You know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you're going to know the answer to that one. The answer is most of the time, no. But what about carpal tunnel syndrome? You know, it sounds like a much less invasive surgery. Uh, Is it really the most simple, the best solution for carpal tunnel symptoms? Let's get into what carpal tunnel symptoms are and what the surgery looks like here. And I'll give you some perspectives that I think will really benefit your decision making when it's when we're talking about you know surgery versus not surgery so i've got several studies i'm going to refer to today the first one was published in 2013 in the european journal of physical and rehabilitation medicine and it's titled pain and electrophysiological parameters are improved by combined 830 to 1064 high intensity laser and symptomatic carpal tunnel syndrome versus transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation a randomized control study that's that's quite the title Basically, they're saying for carpal tunnel symptoms, uh, is laser something that can work? What about TENS units? Do they work also? So we're going to jump into this uh, study where they start to talk about what carpal tunnel syndrome actually is. And it is a compression of the median nerve at the wrist. It's a common cause of pain in the hand and the most frequent compression syndrome seen in general practice. 
the clinical features are variable and affect more frequently women than men. And the symptoms include pain and paresthesia, and this is like nerve symptoms, so numbness, tingling, things like that. Uh, in the, at least two of the three digits innervated by the median nerve, which would be the thumb, the index, and the middle finger, uh, sometimes into the palm of the hand too, um, or, or part of the ring finger. But usually it's those first three fingers, the thumb, index, and middle finger. Uh, you can also, though, have weakness and atrophy. And those are seen more commonly in the uh, more advanced uh, carpal tunnel syndrome patients where you have atrophy or shrinking of the muscles along with weakness plus the other symptoms of pain and the paresthesia. But that's what we're looking for. And again, if you want to hear more about that diagnostic process, I encourage you to go back to, uh, two episodes ago when we talked more specifically about what carpal tunnel syndrome really is. But what about surgery? So in this paper, they say surgery remains the most frequent treatment used to relieve median nerve compression at the wrist. But some concerns about this management have been raised and conservative pharmacological or medication-based as well as non-pharmacological therapies are being increasingly used. Now, again, this is from 2013. This is years ago. Why are we talking about using more uh, drug and non-drug therapies instead of surgery? Well, the paper goes on to say that surgical release of the median nerve presents with recurrent symptoms in up to 19% of patients following surgical carpal tunnel release and up to 12% of people requiring a re-exploration or a, basically a do-over on the surgery. So not only do, does sometimes the surgery not work, and sometimes it has to even be repeated. So what does that surgery look like? Well, the carpal tunnel is just a channel through the underside of the wrist, the, the, the front of the hand, where the nerve runs through. That channel has a top, bottom, sides, right? Just like a tunnel. And the bottom of the tunnel and the sides of the tunnel are formed by bone, which obviously doesn't have a lot of flexibility. But the top of the tunnel, which is if you look down at your wrist, you can see where all those tendons are, the front, kind of on the front of the hand. There is a band of tissue. It's called the flexor retinaculum. And it, com it, it forms kind of the roof of the tunnel. And with carpal tunnel surgery, they basically cut the roof out of the tunnel. So they slice this retinaculum. They open up that tunnel, and it gives the nerve more room. And the thing is, it may not be actually solving the problem, because yes, you're giving the nerve more room, but what caused the nerve to swell or the tissues in that area to enlarge in the first place and then end up trapping that nerve in this tunnel? That may not be addressed. If there are things like arthritis or chronic inflammation that contribute to the enlargement of these tissues, well, that can continue to progress. And even though you opened up that tunnel, it could recur again as more swelling happens. Even though you've cut the roof off the tunnel and you'd think there's tons of room there, as a matter of fact, it can continue to be a problem. The other thing that we see, which again I addressed more a couple weeks ago, is that it's not always just a problem in that carpal tunnel. That nerve travels up the arm all the way to the neck. And if there's a problem in the elbow or the shoulder or the neck, it can be contributing to carpal tunnel symptoms. And a carpal tunnel surgery won't fix a problem that's coming from the neck. So we think that's a big part of why sometimes these 
symptoms persist even after the surgery is done or even can recur and require another surgery to be done. And I'll tell you, the success rates of that second surgery are even worse than the success rates on the first surgery. But also, going back to the part where we talked about the surgery cutting this flexor retinaculum, this kind of top of the carpal tunnel, uh, what happens when you cut that? Well, it's not just a useless piece of anatomy. It's not a useless just band of tissue that's in the way. It has specific functions, important functions, and just slicing it and getting rid of it may have other effects. For this, I'm referring back to two other studies. We'll put those links in the show notes. But these studies were done in, in uh, sorry, but these studies were done in 2013 and 1996. And they say that cutting that tendon, really removing that roof of the carpal tunnel, ends up with an anatomic attachment loss for five different muscles. Those five muscles of the hand and the thumb are actually really important and removing that attachment site for those muscles could reduce grip strength and change your ability to do things like grasping, lifting, twisting off lids and caps, screwing, pulling ropes, pinching, things like that. And it's also tied into the occurrence of trigger finger where the finger gets locked up because those tendons that run through the wrist rely on that flexor retinaculum that is cut during carpal tunnel surgery. The tendons to the fingers then kind of bowstring out from the hand and put more stress on the pulleys in the fingers. So not only are you potentially losing the ability to do some of those day-to-day tasks like twisting off caps and lids, but you could be setting yourself up for trigger finger and other problems down the road You throw that in there with the fact that carpal tunnel surgery doesn't always work and sometimes even has to be repeated, you can see there's definitely some downsides here. So that's why the researchers in the original paper we were just talking about, the laser therapy for carpal tunnel paper, that's why they went ahead and studied this because there are definitely negative effects and poor outcomes with carpal tunnel surgery in some cases. Not in every case, but in some cases. So they studied TENS, the transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, uh, and they also studied laser therapy for carpal tunnel syndrome. So if you've not heard of TENS before, it is a electrical stimulus that runs between two kind of adhesive pads that you put on the skin. And it's been shown to control pain by activating gated control of nociceptive inputs, which is pain nerves and the spinal cord. Uh, through highly myelinated afferents, but no effects have been seen. Uh, They say no effects whatsoever have been observed on tissue inflammation or sensory nerve conduction velocity. And and that means that, yes, TENS has been shown to help reduce pain, at least temporarily, but not for tissue repair or improving the way that a nerve works. So they put that in the study here to compare it with laser. So they'd put the two pads of the TENS units, uh, one on the carpal tunnel on the front of the wrist, and then one a little bit higher up on the wrist, and they run this really low-voltage electrical charge between those pulses. And now they compared that with laser because laser therapy has been shown in vitro, or in living test subjects, to have a marked positive effect on nervous tissue, improving regeneration, nerve repair, and Schwann cell proliferation. So helping the nerves actually be better, healthier, functioning 
in a way that they don't generate pain. They say laser also enhances cellular metabolism by means of activation of the respiratory chain that's inside the cell, the way the cell produces energy. And that in other studies, it's been shown to help with nerve pain. So they set up two groups of participants for this study, and one group got the TENS unit, and that was the pads that they would kind of stick onto the hand and the wrist. And then the other group got a high-power laser treatment. And the TENS group would sit there uh, five days a week for three weeks, so a total of 15 treatments, and they'd sit there for 30 minutes with the TENS unit set up on the wrist, whereas the laser group had the same schedule, uh, daily treatment for three weeks, so 15 total treatment sessions, and they had a little less than two minutes of laser therapy delivered during that. So much, much quicker treatment time for the laser therapy group, uh, a little bit longer for the TENS group. And they were able to measure not only pain levels, but also how well the muscle nerves and the sensory nerves actually worked. And what they found in the study is that the Patients who received laser therapy had significant improvement in pain as well as the ability of the nerves to properly conduct signals. Whereas with the TENS group, the group that just had the 30 minutes per day of the TENS, they had a little bit of pain relief, but that was it. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even statistically relevant pain relief. So in this case, laser therapy absolutely outperformed the TENS units and showed very good progress as far as pain and actual nerve repair. And I will say, as in a lot of research, these aren't really ideal uh, parameters and, and settings that they used for the laser that they, that they worked with. Five days a week is actually quite a bit for laser therapy. We've seen better success rates at the three to four times a week range for really acute problems. Um, and, and nerve pain. So even the results that these guys got on this on this research might have been better uh, with a little bit different setting on the laser, a little bit different schedule. Maybe not, but that's why research is done, right? To show us what is possible. And this study definitely showed the effectiveness of laser therapy for carpal tunnel syndrome. Definitely much better than TENS units. And so when we're talking about treatment for carpal tunnel and surgery for carpal tunnel, Yes, when we're saying severe cases with a lot of muscle atrophy and disability, yeah, surgery absolutely may be the best way to go. But given the problems that can go along with surgery, uh, not only recurrence, but ongoing symptoms, the fact that you may be setting yourself up for problems such as trigger finger or losing strength and the ability to do some of those simple daily tasks, if you have a mild to moderate case, you might want to be considering conservative care first. The great thing is, if conservative care, like laser therapy, does not deliver you enough results, in most cases you can still go and have carpal tunnel surgery. But once you have carpal tunnel surgery, there's no going back. You are now set up for potential problems down the road. So if you're in that mild to moderate category, this may be something you want to look into. Now, again, as every week, we're, I'm not here to give you medical advice. This is educational. I'm bringing you research-backed information. You need to rely on a good healthcare practitioner that you can trust that will listen and give you that good diagnostic process to know what you have and what your options are. But research is saying mild to moderate cases, conservative care may be the route to go first. If you have more questions on this, again, reach out to us. You can get us on email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're looking for a laser therapy expert near you, go to 
lasertherapyinstitute.org. There is a map there of nationwide laser therapy providers that do perform the absolute best treatments with the best equipment and clinically proven protocols to give you the best chance of success. Thanks very much. I'll see you next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.